0: to PR Insider with your host Maureen Kettis. PR Insider is brought to you by www.us.cision.com whose world famous Bacon's Media Database is updated more than 10,000 times per day. Take your PR to the next level. Now, here's your host, Maureen Kettis.
1: Hey, thanks for listening in. Um, I have a really cool guest today. He's the uh, principal and creative director of Gabardine.com, yes, it's not a fabric, or yes, it is a fabric. (laughs) Um, Before that, he was global head of creative development for Reuters, which is huge, Um, and uh, he managed the major overhaul of the corporate identity uh, identity there, but he also oversaw the development of print interactive broadcast display and events, a very creative guy, and uh, before Reuters, he was vice president and creative director with Moda Media, an interactive marketing company, and he led the creative strategy of several world-class brands, including IBM Global Services' websites. Uh, he launched Delta Airlines' low fare subsidiary called Song, and he helped win more than $4 million of new business. And his name is Peter Leeds. Peter, welcome to the show.
2: Hey, thank you very much for having me.
1: So before we get started, I, I have to ask you, why the fabric?
2: Oh <laughs> gabardine.com.
1: Gabardine dot com. Gabardine is like wool, right? Wool, tightly woven wool and cotton?
2: It is um it is a uh, it's it's all about the, the, the type of weave and it's funny because in our um in our uh, capabilities presentations the, the very first slide is we know what you're thinking and no we're not that into fashion although some of us are more than others um, And but the whole point behind the name Gabardine is to, uh, is to reinforce that what we try to do for our clients is to create these continuous threads It starts with a big idea but then we try to weave those ideas across a company's marketing communications um, like a continuous thread, to help ultimately strengthen and enhance and expand the very fabric of the brand. So that's it in a nutshell. That's kind of the elevator speech. And we found that that if nothing else, it's a great opening and and something that really helps define who we are and what we do because. Um, So often, when you come across uh, an agency entity, it's difficult to understand what the hell kind of services they do provide. You know, is it, uh, are you an online shop? Are you a direct response shop? Uh, Does your firm specialize in sales promotion? So really, we kind of get it out of the way right up front and say, well, we actually do a little bit of everything online and offline to help strengthen your brand fabric.
1: Yeah, and, and I'm, you know, I'm finding more and more, because I interview a lot of people in this, in this um, you know, area, obviously, because mm-hmm. of the show. Um, but people are, you can't just do one thing anymore. I mean, it used to be you had to specialize. Now it's sort of, you better be, you better be able to do a little bit of it, all of it, or at least pull in the right people, the right partners to do um, a little bit of everything. So it's so interesting. But why gabardine? Why not, you know, Denim?
2: Oh, um there's an elegance to Gabardine, you know. Um it's not as uh it's not as highfalutin as silk and it's not as and it's not as uh as mundane as uh as, you know, Gore Tex or something like that. It just seemed to uh to suit the creative business that we're in.
1: I like it. I like it. It's like an right. upper middle class fabric. <laughs>
2: right. Right.
1: So you, you said something to me when we, um, you know, we were sort of uh, emailing each other before. You, you said, um, I want to talk today about the evolution of the client. And um, you, I'm just going to read what you wrote to me, uh, sort of uh, summarize. So sure. With the rise of web technology, social media, and mo- mobile platforms, clients have become more switched on to what makes customers and prospects tick. As a result, they don't fall for the same old agency pitches. They're looking for reach, and impact and value for the dollars they spend, and they're less picky about where they spend them so long as it gets results. So what did you mean by that? And, you know, why are you, we focusing on the client and the evolution of the client?
2: Well, I, I think that so much uh, interest and focus lands on agencies and what their capabilities are and what their background is and their specific skill sets and the the work that they've done for other or similar clients in specific verticals and industries. Um, but there's less attention paid to what's happening on the client side across industries and verticals. You know, um, people tend to think that if you're uh, a director of marketing for a uh, for a manufacturer, that you do something wholly and completely different than if you're a director of marketing for a bicycle company, and mm-hmm. the, the truth is it, it's those disciplines are actually more closely aligned than a lot of people think, mm-hmm. and what we've been seeing at Gabardine is um, there really has been an evolution over the last um, five, ten years of people on the client side, uh, it's not so much about what agencies can do for them. It's increasingly about what they know, how connected they are, how kind of plugged in or, as you said, switched on they are. You and said what that, kind honey. Of, I didn't say uh, that. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, what kind of, and what kind of value they bring to the table. You know, they're no longer passive, you know, recipients of ideas. They're, they're – um, they're active participants in the conversation uh, when it comes to the, their brands. They're not just kind of sitting back with their arms folded, judging uh, good from bad creative.
1: Right, and that that's such a that's like a theme that comes up over and over because in the old days, you know, we used to say, you know, and, and when it was just traditional uh, media, we used to say, Yo, you know, the relationship is symbiotic. You need to feed us ideas, you know, because it's your company, your business. You know what's going on. But now with the social media. Um, these these clients are all, you know, involved, and they should be. If they're not, they need guidance. But they know they can do it themselves, part of it. But they need something to manage the overall. And that's that's interesting that you say that sort of the evolution of a client. I'm picturing like a, a, a chimpanzee, you know, <laughs> evolving into a human. <laughs> right. But I don't they're like walking, to think of my clients walking like that. up right now. Yeah, <laughs> but that's you know that's great. I mean, because um, I, I think that's really a vital point. Um, is that they think what can you add to the picture that we already have
2: mm-hmm.
1: so um so um, now you're talking about sort of the client, but you run an agency, so how is the thinking with if your focus is on the client
2: right well i i, I kind of think it's uh, it's it's like evaluating doctors, you know, uh-huh. yeah, you might go out and talk to other professionals, other physicians, um, and get their take on the quality of service that, that a particular physician provides, but you really want to go out and talk to the people who are receiving those services. You want to talk to the patients. You want to find out about their bedside manner. You want to You want to find out about their follow-up treatment, et cetera. And and I think the same is true in this case. Who better to to ask about what's happening kind of across the board as a trend on the client side than an agency person. I think agency people have a really, really unique perspective on um, on the way things are changing and have changed over time, as I said earlier, across a lot of different um, client entities and across a lot of industries. I should also point out that, you know, I was the client, as you mentioned up front, um, I was uh, I was at Reuters and subsequently at Thomson Reuters uh, after the acquisition, and that was a hugely eye-opening experience. Um, for the first time in my professional career, I was I was being pitched ideas. I was um, I was the I was the person who was trying not to sit there with his arms folded and, um, yeah. uh, and and simply judging. I was the one who needed to participate, albeit in a very very different way. So I think um... uh... the fact that uh, you know it's not my first rodeo i've been on the agency side for almost twenty years and i spent almost almost uh... four years on the client side, uh, does give me a unique perspective, but I think a lot of agency people have um, have a similar perspective.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. There's a lot of people who we interview on this show that um, have either been journalists or been on the other side, and it does mm-hmm. it does really help them know how to pitch and how to you know what's going to appeal, what's going to make newsworthy. So. So tell tell us about some of your your clients. I want to hear. I, I see Maidenform on your website. Your website is so beautiful. I think it's probably my most favorite website I've, I've seen. It's oh, so thank you. And it's so modern. And if people are listening, go to gabardine.com. But but um, so what did you do for form?
2: <laughs> well, I really appreciate it. Well, I, I mean, Maidenform was uh, uh, was a limited engagement where we um, created the. Uh, uh, the, the sales brochure, the online and the offline sales brochure that went to their retail partners. Um, and some of our other clients, uh, our larger active clients, include um, Cognizant Technology Solutions, which is a, uh, a huge 90,000-person uh, global entity. Um, they provide IT services and business strategy consulting mm-hmm. um, they uh they're they're really looking to play in the um in the in the consulting space and not so much in the uh IT offshore outsourcing space and they've made some amazing strides um their their recent campaign is called the future of work and they're they're really kind of uh, leading the way in in telling their clients uh, how technology can be used to, um, to completely modernize the way they do business. So it's, it's fascinating, and we, we've been lucky enough to do a whole range of work for Cognizant, uh, not just their dot-com experience, which continues to evolve, but um, uh, we've done event theming for them. We've, we've uh, designed their annual report, so it's a really great... Uh, example of that continuous thread that I was talking about earlier. You know, we've been able to take a couple of really solid ideas and weave them across a lot of different pieces of marketing communication. Uh, another great client of ours is um, X Plus One. X Plus One is, uh, they, they do um, uh, media optimization. So um, they work with huge clients uh, uh, domestically and globally and um, they, they uh, uh, have techniques, kind of um, uh, technical uh, um, products and offerings to help uh, refine media buys, to help um, to help reconfigure landing pages and websites on the fly to be to, to provide more targeted and accurate messaging to the people who are looking at those online properties. It's really fascinating stuff. Oh, this is when like we...
1: uh, you know, this is like. Way above my head. I mean, and thank God there goes some the music because it sounds, it sounds a little mathematical. Um, we're going to come back. And I want to hear also, because I see some other clients, we're going to talk more in a, in a few minutes with Peter Leeds, um, the Principal Creative Director of Gabardine.com. We'll be right back. Okay.
0: What is whole person healing via body, via mind, and via spirit? It's a dedication to the widest selection of healing practices worldwide whenever possible. Hosted by Professor Rustam Roy, a noted materials scientist and the founder of Friends of Health, who will be here each weekend with the most in-depth information about whole person healing from the world's leading practitioners, spokespersons, and major supporters for this viewpoint. Tune in every Saturday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel.
1: You want to know the inside scoop on how today's leaders do business? How they hire and develop top talent? How do they retain top employees and customers? Tune in to Leadership Leverage on the Voice America Business Channel. Every week, Dr. Robert Denker will offer ideals and facilitate discussion with guests that will help shape today's up-and-coming leaders as well as established leaders in their fields. Listen for Leadership Leverage. Every Tuesday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Business.
0: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
1: Thank you for staying tuned in during your lunch hour or before work ends time. Um, I'm on with Peter Lees. He's the principal and creative director of gabardine.com. Definitely check out his website because it's an example of just a fabulous, clean-looking website that's just really specific. gets to the point and has a brand of its own. Um, And we're talking about some of your clients. So uh, welcome back again, Peter. Thanks. So... um, I, I was curious because you got your start um, as global head of creative development for Reuters, and now you started your agency, and Thomson Reuters is one of your clients. So how did that come about, and what do you do for them?
2: Well, it, it, as you can probably imagine, it was it was pretty organic. Um, there was uh, there's a lot of opportunity at a place like Thomson Reuters, which is not really a, a you know, they're not a marketing entity. They're really a product company. uh... They're serving the financial services and the and the news businesses. So, um, when when they need uh, creative services, they're they're necessarily going to uh, uh, to look out of house. Uh, and that's and th- that was really the the evolution. Um, me leaving Thomson Reuters was was part of that evolution. It was uh, the business deciding that. Uh, outsourcing was the way to go, but they didn't want to. They didn't want to completely abandon creativity altogether.
1: Right, right, right. So, so why did you? You know, you, when you left, um, you started the agency in what 2008, which was like the height of uh, you know a bad economy, et Etc. Cetera, et cetera. Um, the recession was really you know in high gear and. Um, made you decide to start an agency? I mean, I know you have kids, and, and, and I'm assuming you have a wife, and you live in Westport, Connecticut, which is where Paul Newman lived, right? Is that right? Well, Remember, right? well you
2: know, it's the, it, it is the high-rent district, but we only yeah. work there. We actually we live <laughs> elsewhere.
1: Oh, okay. Well, um, so, so, you know, you've got, you've got uh, you know, major expenses, and, and here, you, here it was a recession, and you, you, you left this very high position, and you started an agency. So looking back, was that the right move, and, and what prompted it in the first place?
2: Yeah, it was it was definitely the right move for me. Um, you know, as I said earlier, it certainly it certainly isn't my first rodeo. I've, I've spent a lot of time on the agency side, and, and as we discussed before the break, on the client side as well. So, um, it, it it seemed like a natural uh, forgive the term but a natural evolution. Um, it was it was also it was also the right thing to do because. Um, kind of looking across the the client and agency landscape and having immediately uh, uh, been a client um, you know before going out on my own I I saw that clients as a whole were kind of being underserved Um, they they had too many choices they had too many options there weren't enough um, nimble agencies out there who had real bona fides across uh, you know, online and offline media, uh, who could who could think strategically about their business, and and I, I really did believe that we could pull together something that, that was all of those things, um, and uh, and fill a niche, if you will, that, that as I said, on the, as a client myself, I wasn't seeing.
1: So it was. It's sort of like you had the, you're like the one-stop shop. I mean, they do yeah. a little bit of everything because you know, I, I obviously I do PR. Everybody knows that, mm-hmm. um, but I don't do any creative. Mm-hmm. So when I do creative, I outsource it right. and work with partners who I've worked with, and you know, it's been it's been good. And the and the clients know that coming in, but they come to me only for PR, direct marketing, that kind of thing. Right. That's interesting. So you do it all in,
2: under one roof. Yeah, um, we'll have to talk offline because we <laughs> we have a lot of we have a, cli- a lot of clients just like you, um, but. But that's funny. <laughs> that's, but that's exactly right. I mean, we, we don't kind of um, describe ourselves as a one stop shop. But you know, when we do talk about the Gavardine's capabilities, we say that, hey, look, uh, uh, there's 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 very little that is that you can ca- characterize as creative that we don't do or haven't done. And it runs the gamut from, like, you know, direct response campaigns to uh, digital out-of-home to um, web design and development, and not, you know, not in a fly-by-night kind of way. I mean, my business partner and I actually come from Moda Media. I think you mentioned it at the top of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Moda Media was this pioneering web, uh, web agency. You know, was the f- they developed the first... Um, uh, online banner, the first corporate banner, the first corporate website. You know, so, so like I said, we, we, we didn't just start doing this. Um, we feel like we've got some real credibility, um, real hard-won experience, and we want to leverage that. And we think, and, and it seems to have proven out since 2008, that that clients want to leverage that as well. When
1: you go into a meeting you know, to, to pitch a client what kind of examples do you give them? Do you, what, What's one of your favorite stories of, or one, one story that you're most proud of that you've done at Gabardine? I know it's not that old of a company,
2: but yeah.
1: do you have a favorite one yet? <laughs> I, don't mean to um, you
2: geez, I don't know if we do have a favorite one yet. I think I, think I would actually go back to, um, uh, to the work that I mentioned just a moment ago with, um, with Cognizant because it, it is an example of uh, where we've been able to really deliver on that proposition of a continuous threat where, you know, we were called in, and in, because, of, um, uh, because of circumstances before we came on, uh, onto the business, uh, we were called in. We had three weeks to redesign the, you know, the global corporate website. But we did that. We put out that fire. And because of that, we were asked back.
1: Wait, back, and- back up three
2: weeks? It was pretty insane. Um, it was... Uh, they had, uh, the, was
1: a, at least did they have the content ready for you?
2: Yeah, there was an architecture in place, and there was a lot of content waiting in the wings that needed to be sorted out, but the look and feel really needed to be you know, engineered from scratch.
1: And that and is amazing.
2: It was a it was a huge opportunity for us. And I should say it, it was it was it's very much I mean, if I had another favorite story, I guess the same would be true for uh for X plus one. You know, they've come back to us Yes, they came to us for their site redesign, and we, and we did help reconcile a lot of their content. I think that's one of our proudest moments also, where you know, this is a very technical company. Their offering is highly complex. And you know, we didn't just come in and, and do pretty pictures and write florid prose. We were, able to, um, we were able to help them reconcile their offerings and how they presented those offerings. So I, I I'd say those are two real uh, kind of um notable feathers that I think of in our caps
1: do do, do the clients get it do they understand uh, are they cognizant of
2: <laughs> just
1: how miraculous that is to to pull that off in such a short amount of time?
2: The clients get it, man they are switched on um and, and, <laughs> and, I, and I guess it. and i guess this yeah it goes back to the you know to the uh the, the premise of, of the evolution of the client, um, they they really do understand more than ever before what it takes to do this sort of work, and I think as a result they really are very appreciative, very grateful. I mean we're, you know, we love our clients, and we like to think they, they, they love us back. Um, and it's great. it's, it's because I mean, it's, it's from right this there. yeah yeah it's from this basis of knowledge.
1: And and um, I see you worked with GE. What what did what did they need from you?
2: Well, that actually goes back a while to, um, uh, to some work on annual reports that it actually kind of goes a, uh, across a couple of different engagements. But the most recent thing is we were working with their, um, their holiday lighting licensee, which was called Santa's Best Craft, and they, they, they uh, uh, distribute their products uh, under the, the GE name. Um, so actually, that was, that was a lot of fun, you know, to to go through these these strings of lights and these uh, you know these these little uh, Christmas tree ornaments and try to figure out the best way to position them, not just for consumers but for retailers, you know, hardware stores who are buying truckloads of that stuff at one time.
1: Right, that's wonderful. Yeah. So so um and that's you know how do they find you these people? We're gonna I mean we're gonna have to take a break in a second, but. I want to find. I want to find out a lot about how people find you because that's one of the topics that my listeners love most because they're all yeah, the trying truth,
2: to build their businesses. The truth is, a lot of it is word of mouth. I think we do we, we do work and we have worked, uh, you know, even in our past lives before Gabardine, with some amazingly talented people, you know, smart folks who have moved on through their careers um, and become clients themselves or have become influencers to clients in their own agency businesses or, you know, like you in your PR enterprise. Mm-hmm. So um, it, it's it 's extraordinary how far our personal and professional networks have taken us
1: it's 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 great and, and are you most of the time in New York City do you find yourself in new york or
2: uh there is uh there's a lot of local travel yes <laughs> uh it is uh it's mostly westport to new york westport to new jersey um that's that's where the bulk of our uh that's where the bulk of our work stands
1: and and why did you decide to put your offices before we have like two minutes left why, why did you Put your offices in Westport. I'm
2: just halfway between the partners' homes. <laughs> it's ah! That simple.
1: <laughs> I
2: love that. Has Almost exactly with... equidistant. It was perfect.
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, I think that's great.
2: And then no, but I, I, I will say, and I know we're up against it, but I, I will say, it's it, there. There's also um, there's also an aspect of branding and uh, and perception, brand perception, that goes into that, and we really did think that Westport suited us well for those reasons as well.
1: Well, I mean, it does. T- I mean, your whole your 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 website looks like it comes from Westport. I mean, there's something about it. I don't know. I just love it. I don't know why I love it so much. It's just
2: cool. Well, I appreciate it, but keep an eye on it because it's going to change in a little bit, and I think it's going to get even better.
1: Is it going to wait a second evolve? <laughs> <laughs> I think you and Darwin uh, should have been best friends. All right. Well, I'm getting the one minute. 30-second warning from Mr. Justin Jackman, my fabulous engineer. I don't know how I always get so lucky to get him. Probably we have the same schedule. That's probably the only reason. Mm-hmm. So we're going to take a break. When we come back, we are going to take a few questions from um, listeners, and um, we're going to be back with Peter Leeds, Principal and Creative Director of Gabardine.com. Thanks. <laughs>
0: show.
1: Well, welcome back again. We've got Peter Leeds, that's L-E-E-D-S, from gabardine.com, just like the fabric. And um, he is their principal and their creative director. And welcome back again. Thanks. So, um, when, during the break, we were talking about, um, you used to, you've done a lot of creative, and you've done some, you know, you do these uh, business reports and things like that. What do you think, was this is a topic that always comes up on the show, what do you think about paper what is happening to paper what's the future of paper will paper always have a place and paper itself and also print media
2: i think well when i think of paper i think of paper and print together um and i think that paper is uh I, let's call it print i think the print is alive and well i think that it's not going anywhere i think that it's changing um it too is is evolving to meet the needs of the market but I don't I don't think it's uh it's not going to go away. You know, um I think back to my time at Reuters and um you know they have a very specific clientele. You're talking about like 400,000 people globally who uh who are making the financial services decisions and um One of the things that I learned very, very quickly is these people are very pressed for time. They spend their whole day in front of screens, but they need something to have and to hold. They need something tactile, and I don't think they're an exception. I think that... um, that there's something in in all of us um, that that can never be replaced by an iPad that can never be replaced by a mobile device and I think that's great I think there's there is um, there's something very real about uh, about paper and about marketing communications that that happen in print um, it, and, and they're not just flat, obviously. You know, there are some wonderful pieces. The design annuals are, are, are rife with wonderful examples of these dimensional, dynamic print pieces. And, um, and I think that perhaps that's, that's part of the future of print, if not the entire future. But it's, it's certainly not dead. And, I, and I, um, I, I would never be the one to, uh, to declare its demise.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I've had people on the show that say, yes, it is, it's dead, it's not happening, and I completely agree with you. I, I disagree with them. I, it is, it, it, there's, it, it's even, I think, become more important, It's maybe not as prolific, like we need less of it, but the, the, but what we have, we need to make nicer and better, because they're almost like keepsakes. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you actually read a magazine that's in your hand, as opposed to read one online... It's 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 keepable. It's terrible. You can t- you know take tear sheets out and make and it's tangible. And I think um, everything electronic is not and it, and right. or it, it does lose some of its uh, realness.
2: So to right. Say. I have to tell you. I mean, I'm 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 as wired, if not more so, than the next guy. And I take voice notes, and I've I've got a tricked out Evo phone, and I've got souped up Macs, and um and and we use an iPad, but uh, there. Like I said, there is something that is irreplaceable, um, and and I find myself often turning to, like you said, just scraps of paper to take notes for myself. It's 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 odd, but I think it's evidence of of exactly the kind of thing that you just said.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, and I, there's something there is something uh, intrinsically human about paper and writing and paper. Right? Yeah. So good, good. I'm glad we agree on that. So that's why I always say to people, you definitely need someone to to, to manage. Don't underestimate the power of traditional media. Right. It is, it's, it's. You know, and only the, and it's like the cream rises. Only the the good is lasting. You know, only the the Vogue magazines are staying. You know, some, some of the other ones are going out of business, but the the, the big the big boys are, are here to stay. Right. And they're right. more important than ever. So right. so it think, changes and in I... paper and, and, and electronics, but. What are some of the changes in PR that you've seen with all this? I mean, everyone talks about it. I mean, it's the last 10 years, our industry has never seen so much excitement, right? I mean, with, right. what's going on with social media and the opportunities for publicists? But what do you see? Is, what's your take on it?
2: Well, I think exciting is kind of the catch-all term that I would use. Dynamic is another. I think there are really two huge kind of Changes, if you will, that have happened to PR and around PR um, in the last five or ten years. One is that there really isn't a middleman any longer. Um, uh, you, you know, companies can and do uh, increasingly speak directly to their customers, whether it's through their Twitter feed, whether it's through their Facebook page, whether you know, whether they're talking through pictures on their Flickr account um, or, or through their YouTube channel. Um, there's there 's no, there's no kind of go between you know the, the press release doesn 't go to a, a third party and then just kind of get disseminated into the wild. Yes, that happens but um, but this this dialogue, this continual back and forth um, is, uh, is is really the way things happen now, and I think that 's indicative of, of the other big trend, which is that um, PR firms don 't have to um, they don't have to wait. They don't have to react. The conversation um, is is happening out there about your company, about your product, about your brand. The conversation's happening. You have the opportunity as the PR person to jump in any time, you know, with both feet. And in, in fact, you're... You're remiss if you don't. Now, how you jump in and the way you engage in that conversation, the extent to which you allow the back and forth to happen, that kind of changes brand by brand, company by company. But the important part is that is that, like I said, it's happening. It's not this. It's not this push dynamic. That PR used to be where, hey, we've got a message. We, you know, we, we made an executive change. Uh, we have a new product introduction. We're going to push that message out. More and more often, it's information that's coming in directly to the PR folks who need to decide how to react to it.
1: Right, and your and your online reputation, and and I have a lot of people are saying it's not. You know, I've had people on that say it's not. You know we don't call it public relations anymore; we call it public reputation because of the mm-hmm. internet, and it's still p r we um but it's you know your reputation is the authenticity of the message because you're going to hear right back from the consumer or from your clients or whoever it is and and op- their opinions are going to appear on posts and blogs and and there's no running away from that. So it's now more than ever, um, we have to be careful of what we do, but also we have to listen to our customers. And it's, uh, it's a really interesting involvement, and i love to see where it's going. Now, on your, I got, a, I got a, um, a question from a listener. On your website, um, you have a whole section uh, in the top menu called Partners. So tell us about that and who they are and what they are. There's a lot of partners there.
2: You know, it's very similar to the way you described your PR business functions. You know, you don't do creative. You don't want to do creative. So you work with the best partners that you can find to to execute that creative work. Um, It's very much the same thing with us. Um, You know, as I said earlier, we do. uh, If it's creative, we've done it. But that doesn't mean that, for example, um, if it has to do with – Print production—we've done it. You know, we don't have like Heidelberg or digital presses sitting around in our uh, in our building. Um, we don't do uh, huge web, web development projects. First of all, it wouldn't be—it wouldn't be economically um, would make an e- economic sense for us, and it wouldn't make economic sense for our clients. So we outsource those kinds of things that that really aren't. Um, uh, our subject matter expertise—we're—we're mm-hmm. we're, uh, informed about that stuff, but we don't want to be out there saying, "Well, yeah, we are a one-stop shop, and we mm-hmm. do anything, we do everything for anyone and everyone." I don't think that's realistic, and I really don't think that uh, that clients buy that. Uh, you know, t- kind of going back to the premise of this segment, um, clients are. Are probably smarter and uh, and more tuned in now than they ever have been, so we you know the last thing we've that we want to do is try to pull the wool over their eyes and say, um, we've got it all covered, you don't have to worry your pretty little heads about it, everything happens through gabardine. It doesn't necessarily. Right. But we, But what they can be sure of is that we're bringing in the best and brightest. You know, They don't have to go through another RFP process to find right. the best um, you know, uh, uh, print, um, you know you know print resources or web development right. uh resources because we've already done that research
1: right you, you, speaking of rfps do you find i i, re, I remember in the old days i mean cuz i've been doing this forever um you would get an rfp and it would be like yes we're you know we're reading 1000 proposal answers right and you'd be up against you know whatever and you'd get narrowed down and there'd be still you know 40 people companies. But now I'm finding that when they finally get to the RFP process, it's between you and a few other people that they've narrowed it down to. Are you finding this, too? Is this is this a, a trend, or is this my imagination?
2: No, I, I don't think it's your imagination at all. I think it is a trend. I, I think that um, companies have increasingly found it terribly, woefully inefficient to, um, to cast too wide a net with their RFPs. I also think that it, uh, that more and more often, um, the, the RFP process is is being driven less by the clients themselves, less, less by the business buyers, and more by the sourcing groups or the procurement groups. Um, so that kind of changes yeah. the dynamic yeah. altogether. You know, those sourcing groups don't want to cast too wide a net because... They have to plow
1: through the, them. But the that, thing is, exactly. that I think, too, the Internet, you know, you know, when they can really research a company, see who your clients are, what you do... Uh, it narrows down the, the the people they want to even hear from because right. you, in the old days you couldn't really even, you'd have to try to find out about a company it, it was very hard but now you can really find out everything you need and you don't need to cast such a wide net. It's really it's, uh, and,
2: and to your point and to your point I think you can find out more than just the. Um, uh, you know m- more than just the basics, more than just the the blocking and tackling that makes up an agency. I mean, one of the things that we took real care to do when we were constructing our site was to try to give people through words and pictures this uh, a sense of who we are. You know what it's like to work with us. So everything from the look and feel to the to the you know the very core tone of our site experience is a way of saying, look, try to try to get a sense of what it is to converse with us, to go back and forth with us.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, we're going to have to go for our third break. I can't believe it. Uh, when we come back, I want to talk more about um, the different roles that you and your partner uh, take in, within the company and some of the people who work for you. And also I want to hear more about these partners. We'll be right back after a word from our wonderful sponsors. Awesome.
0: show
1: you know nobody calls in anymore they just write emails everybody's afraid of people. Uh-huh. right i'm on with my guest peter leeds the principal creative director of gabardine.com definitely check out his website you want to see an example of a good website I'm, i know i've said it before but it's really a rocking website g-a-b-a-r-d-i-n-e.com and um welcome back Thank you so um, I want to talk a little bit about um, you, you, your partner, your employees, how you market yourself, and then how you 're surviving in the new economy and This is our last segment, so we've got to get a lot in so okay. so you and your partner how do you, how do you separate your roles
2: uh, it's it's really awesome uh, it's funny I always talk i can 't talk about my business partner without talking about my wife um, because the relationships are very similar. Uh, my wife and I are very, very different people, but we kind of have. Uh, uh, we 're in lockstep on our values about you know spending money and raising the kids and things like that and um, and I, and my business partner, Keith Hensel, and I are very much the same way we are We are extremely different people in lots of different ways but um, but when it comes to you know delivering a quality product when it comes to you know the aesthetics of something like our site when it comes to the way we present ourselves and package ourselves up as a brand and when it comes to the way we want to run a business um we are we are absolutely um well, as i said in, in lockstep it's, it's and you have really you have great. different
1: uh, talents or you have you share similar talents and you just divide the work evenly
2: hugely different talents. Keith comes from a uh, an incredibly strong design background. Uh-huh. Uh, he's actually a, a, a photographer. Um, he has, uh, you know, he, he, he taught himself how to go from the, um, the offline world into the online world and did it so expertly that he just kind of zoomed through the ranks at a, at a place like Moda Media. And what's interesting is that Keith was actually um, we worked together at Moda Media. He was actually one of my business partners, one of my vendors, while I was at Reuters. And then we joined up and formed Gabardine. So it's, it's lovely to have you know, known him for so long and gone through that progression with him. I come from the copy concept side. So, um, you know, don't look for me to, to like, crack open um, FLAs and, and oh. do all kinds of Photoshop work. That's not yeah. my thing. But um, so I'm, I'm really more about the messaging and the communication, and Keith is about the visuals. But what's great is we both feel really strongly that one just can't exist effectively without the other. Oh,
1: nice. And, do you, and do you have a lot of employees, or you guys, do you outsource it? How does it, how does it work over your office?
2: Yeah, well, you know, as a as a small growing company, we outsource as little as we can, and we try to keep our margins um, as healthy as we can. Um, we uh, we handle a great deal of work in house. We've got uh, a handful of employees right now, but we we also have a um, you know a network of probably. 20 people across uh, across all disciplines, you know, project management, um, design, interactive design, uh, writing, advertising, um, across all these different disciplines that we kind of pull in as and when they're needed.
1: Right, right, right. That makes sense. And and how are you guys marketing yourself? Are you, because uh, you said a lot of it's word of mouth, but are you, do you have any, you know, are you Twittering? Are you Facebooking? Are you
2: yeah, yeah, they, Are you they, physically networking? Yeah, I think uh, we're we're physic- we're physically networking as much as we can, and I'm doing radio shows like this, which <laughs> is great. Um, and and we we've really put a lot of time and effort into our uh, into our social media presence. So uh, one of our employees, Jonathan Zawitsky, has done a fantastic job of of just plugging us in. So we've got we've got uh, a presence on just about every meaningful social network. Um, So everything from Flickr to SlideShare to, um, uh, you know, to obviously Facebook and Twitter. And 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 it's a full-time
1: job. I mean, do you ever feel like it's just never enough, like there's always more that you could be doing? I have this almost like, I don't want to say this is not a therapy show, (laughs) Dr. Laura, but, I mean, I get almost like, I can't do it. I can't handle it all. But it's, it's great. You have a, a guy to help you with that. That's all. I, I
2: do feel I do feel like it's never enough. But I think what's helped us tremendously is that we do have a strategy behind it. We didn't just kind of, you know, hang out our shingle on all these social media sites and, and just kind of, um, you know, feed them when we when we feel it's right or when we when we have the time. I mean, it is it's it's feeding the beast, and it requires consistent care um, and, and update. But if you, start, if you start from a strategic point and, um, and you know what you're trying to do and you know what it's going to, you've planned out what it takes to do it, then it really doesn't feel like such a burden anymore. It's just part of what you need to do in order to maintain right. the business.
1: Right. I had a motivational speaker on a couple weeks ago, and he was talking about just, you know, with the old-fashioned thing of stating your goal and then the taking the steps to get that done. It's very true whenever you feel overwhelmed. So in terms of the new, you know, that you started in, the, in, in, in the bad economic times, and things have only gotten worse, I think, but maybe they're turning around. I feel like they're turning around. But um, how have you ad- adapted and adjusted the business, um, the way you bill, the way you charge for your fees, et cetera, to accommodate that?
2: Yeah, I, I feel like it's turning around too. By the way, um, and that's not just oh, good. me being a cockeyed optimist. I, I, I really do think that that's the case, and that doesn't mean that, that clients aren't being more cautious with their spend or more cautious with their plans. But um, but they are spending and they are planning, and that those I think are are two huge things, two important indicators of a turnaround. Um, we we have. Uh, we decided a long time ago to dramatically simplify our pricing and basically just you know it, it, instead of instead of uh, having this huge um, complex rate card and 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 invariably needing to have very difficult conversations with clients about well you know how much time did the senior graphic designer spend on this versus the junior designer and why um, Senior spent yeah exactly right, right. We decided to uh, to kind of nip that in the bud and go to a very simplified three tier pricing structure, which frankly just makes a lot of sense and makes it yeah. a lot easier, so that we can focus on the work, we can focus on the on the creative strategy, we can focus on the design, we can focus on the messaging, and not so much on um, you know uh, uh, wait a second, it took you two hours to get down here. Why did you bill us three? You know, it's not yeah, that kind of, yeah. we, we we deliberately, like I said, it's not our first rodeo. Um, we deliberately wanted to avoid those kinds of conversations.
1: Yeah, and, and it's like you start becoming like a lawyer otherwise. <laughs> we, right, right. We don't want to do. <laughs> I'm like, well, my lawyer went to the restroom, but he was thinking about my case. Do I pay for
2: that? important just as a, as a follow on to that it 's also important to note that we 're deliberately small. Um, you know we find that that allows us or helps us to get into places that big agencies can 't. I think that that um, well as i mentioned because because clients are are spending and planning but doing so more cautiously than they have before, I think they they look circumspect at agencies who um, Uh, Who who kind of come with a lot of bloat, Uh, (laughs) and and that's and that's uh, that's helped us a lot. Yeah, I
1: mean, you know, it's funny because your whole brand is is like I keep saying about your website, but it really your website really captures that feeling of, of of streamlined ease. Well, I'm getting the music from Justin. All right. Well, our guest was Peter Lees of gabardine.com. Check out his website. It's really cool. And um, if you missed our show, go to PRinsider.biz or um, Voice America. We'll have it archived very soon on the website. And um, that's all the time we have left left today. I want to thank my executive producer, John Missel, and Justin Jackman, of course, my engineer. I'm your host, Maureen Kettis. Have a great week. Don't forget, relate to your public, whoever they may be.
0: Thanks again for listening to PR Insider with your host, Maureen Kettis. PR Insider is brought to you by Cision, helping communications experts navigate the sea of social media. Visit them on the web at us.cision.com. And make sure you join us again next Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Network. Have a great week.